The Lord be with you. A reading from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold... I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> this weekend we celebrate the great feast of the Ascension of our Lord. That event in which our Lord, body and soul, ascended into heaven by his own power. We recognize that Mary was assumed into heaven. She was brought up to heaven. But our Lord, he ascended. Again, it's he who has this power. And we hear that our Lord, and we profess it in the creed every weekend, that our Lord is seated at the right hand of the Father. And as we say that, we recognize also that it's not as if there's a nice chair in heaven and the Lord sitting literally at the right hand of the Father. But what it's speaking of is a sign of the power and the authority that is proper to Christ himself. It's that authority given to him by the Father on account of his fidelity, on account of his obedience in this earthly life, and ultimately for having fulfilled the mission for which he was sent. So as we celebrate this Feast of the Ascension, we see it as an occasion in which our Lord ascended into the heavens. We hear one of the accounts of it in our gospel. But it's important for us to remember that the Lord did not leave us. In fact, the Lord goes to great lengths in various passages at various times in his teaching to the disciples to remind them that he does not leave. I will not leave you orphans. I am with you always until the end of the age we hear today. It's this assurance over and again to the disciples that the Lord does not leave. He is always with us. Bishop Robert Barron, in seeing this passage about our Lord and this this recognition of him ascending into heaven, he approached it in military terms. He sees of how we know from our history books and from movies that, account, that recount uh, aspects of war and various battles, that those who are of the highest rank oftentimes go up and try to find the highest point, the high ground. Because one, you have momentum that way, you have the upper hand, but even more importantly, you have the sight of the whole battle right before your eyes. If you're down on the field, you're caught up in all the things and you can only necessarily see a handful of things that are around you. But to take the high ground, you can see one place maybe that has extra troops that don't need to be there. They can move to be another place that may be in need. One particular place in the battlefield may need particular provisions and they can be provided for. But if no one takes the high ground, you can't always see that. And so it's our Lord who does exactly that. It's not that he leaves us at all. 
as that he ascends to a higher place to be able to command the army even better. The army of Christ, the church. He ascends into heaven to be able to strengthen us as we go forth in our daily battle to become better people, holier people, people like himself. He goes out and he strengthens us. It's he who, from his height, is able to look down and to see that in a particular moment we may need some special help. And so he can grant it to us. One of our professors at the seminary, Father Michael Champagne, described it as divine spitballs. I've mentioned this before. We all know what a spitball is. But how the Lord uses a similar reality with us. Of how as we go through the course of our day, there are moments where we need some particular help from God. Because if I relied upon myself, if I only had my strength, I would fall short. A simple way to think about it is... You walk into your kitchen or you walk into a cafeteria or you walk into uh, the workplace. There's a piece of cake on the counter. I could have some cake. I shouldn't have some cake, but I, I could have some cake. That's some good looking cake right there. And you start thinking about it. You're like, hmm. Your mouth starts to get a little watery. Yeah, cake. I mean, it's 8 a.m., but... Who doesn't need cake? And then you're just about there. And then something gives you the strength to go, I don't need cake right now. Maybe later. And you keep on walking. 99% of the time, it's not cake. (laughs) But it's a recognition that our Lord grants to us a specific grace in a particular moment to be able to help us to choose what is good. As we're looking at that piece of cake, the Lord knows if he's relying on himself, he's going to just eat cake and then he's going to regret it later when it gets on the scale. Let me give him some help. Divine spitball. Grace. He shoots grace into our hearts. He gives his life to us. And in giving us his life, he gives us his strength. And we're able to do that which is right. We're able to make a good choice and to go on about our day. And that's exactly what the Lord does every moment of every day to every one of us. Constantly watching over us on the high ground. Able to see all of us simultaneously in each of our needs. And to be able to grant whatever help it is that we need in the particular moment. Because he's able to see it. He has the power. If you think that maybe we're stretching it a little bit. We need to only go back and read again the ending of the letter to the Ephesians that we just heard. The passage in which St. Paul is writing and describing the Father and how he's uh, working with Christ. And he describes Christ, uh, you know, what the Father does. He says, raising Christ from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every principality, authority, power, and dominion. In every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he puts all things beneath his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. As we talk about the ascension, if we think it's that the Lord leaves us, we've completely missed the point. Because it's only in the ascension that the Lord is truly given to us. 
He comes with all authority. All authority in heaven and earth is his. And now he has power. Now he has power, the likes of which we hadn't even imagined before. Remember the stories of how our Lord was doing these incredible miracles. And the disciples were marveling at it. And Jesus looked at them and he said, you will do greater things than these. You will do greater things than I am doing currently. Why? Because one day you would have all authority and all power in heaven and earth. And he would send us his grace. He would send us his help in the battle to be able to do things that are crazy. And yet he has the power to do so. The thing about all of this is it hinges on one reality. Namely, the willingness of the church to act. What we experience in the ascension of the Lord is also a transition in the way our Lord interacts with us as humanity. The first, the, yeah, the first reading from uh, Acts of the Apostles is the first verses of volume two. Did y'all know that Acts was just volume two of another book? The Gospel of Luke was written by St. Luke, and it's the same author who writes the Acts of the Apostles. So St. Luke, in, in, when, in writing, the first one, he describes the earthly life of Jesus. Of how the angel Gabriel came to the Blessed Mother and announced that she would be conceiving and bearing a child. She was the name of Jesus. We hear the story of how this child Jesus is born and he lives and ultimately how he dies and how he's raised up on the, last, on the third day. Then he walks around and he talks with his disciples for some 40 days after his resurrection. And then he ascends into heaven. His earthly ministry with the ascension is complete. Close the file. Because now Christ works in a different way. He works not just by his own self, his own choosing. He works through the church. And this is important for us to recognize. In the gospel, the disciples are standing there and they see Jesus ascend into heaven. We've all seen the, the things where you let a balloon go outside. Maybe it's some, uh, a balloon rosary or uh, just you know, kind of lifting up prayers to God or some of these things that often happen uh, with the school kids and various prayer offerings and services. And a common thing is for us to stand there and to watch the balloons go up and up and up. And you're just staring at the sky as your balloon disappears into the in, in, into the to the big blue yawn the big blue wanderers out there and and the interesting thing is is we sometimes we keep looking after we can't see it and we think we might be able to see it i think i see it still do you see it i don't i think i lost it wait there it is and we keep looking and keep looking and keep looking marveling at the ascension of our balloon and that's exactly what the disciples are doing. As they're standing there, they've just seen the Lord arise into the sky, ascend of his own power. And they're just watch, looking and, and, and just watching. I think I see him. Do you see him? I, think, I don't think I can see him anymore. And they're looking and they're waiting and they're marveling and just staring at the sky. And out of nowhere, two individuals dressed in white, angels, Come to them and ask them a question. <laughs> Men of Galilee, why are you just standing there looking into the sky? Why are you just standing there? In other words, 
You've got work to do. Stop expecting Jesus to do everything for you now. Because he has power to be able to allow you to go forth and to do it in even greater ways. Stop just staring into the sky. Get to work. Go forth and make disciples, just like he said. And he says the same to us. It's easy for us also sometimes to simply look up into the sky in a sense or to sit in and just to stare at the Lord and wait for Christ to do things. Wait for him to do everything around us, everything within us even, in our life of prayer, our life of faith. And we just wait for Jesus to do things. When it's he who all the meantime is sitting there looking at us going, get to work. (laughs) Do something. Respond. Again, he gives us graces. But it's for us to be able to use them. When I was younger, I loved to be able to go to my grandmother's house and, and cut wood uh, back in the backyard. She had a, an old axe that was my grandfather's. And so I would go and I'd cut wood just for the sake of cutting wood. It was fun. And so I would go out there and then one day I was swinging. I gave it a good swing and the head flew off. <laughs> That's never good. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Nothing was broken other than the axe. And so I went and I took the head and I looked at it and it, you know, it just slid off the handle. So I put it back on and hit it against the ground and tried to get it secure again. And I gave it a good couple of swings and then eventually it flew off again. And I was like, all right, well, clearly this isn't working. And so I just set it aside and I quit cutting wood because I couldn't rely upon the instrument. And the Lord sometimes does the same with us. If he can't rely on us, if he gives us grace and I do nothing with it, then he's going to look and he's going to go, every time I try to help him, he doesn't respond. Just let him be. To give the grace to someone that will actually respond, to someone that will actually put it to good use, who will be an effective instrument. And so sometimes we can become useless members of the army of Christ if we fail to respond to his grace. And that's why it's so important for us to recognize that this ascension is a transition to be able to rely upon Christ, absolutely. But to rely upon Christ, not such that he does everything, but he gives us, the church, the grace. That he gives us the strength. That he guides us and directs us. That he leads us along the way. He shows us what to do and makes us able to do it. And so we pray the grace of this Mass, that the Lord would pour an abundance of his grace upon us. But even more so, that we might be able to respond, to become good instruments, to be able to look forward to the day where Christ calls us to himself. For where the head has gone, the body is called to follow.